بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي امري واحلل عقده من لساني يفقهوا قولي السلام عليكم ورحمه الله وبركاته and welcome back um hopefully you're still around and we've spent the first 30 minutes talking about the development of our islamic mindset over the past years um, and particularly over the past 15 years we've talked about a few different things we've talked about um, our journey from quite a young age and uh, right the way through to university and then right the way through to where we are at the moment and just some of the things that we've experienced through that time and actually i want to pinpoint the last few years the past five years and just explore those a little bit further and discuss those a little bit further now, just to make you aware, this is a pre-recorded show, so you can't call in, which is a real shame because we want to get you all involved in the, in this conversation and get some different perspectives because we don't know everything. Right then, back to the conversation. So here's a question for you both. Um, Shafiq, Rahil. Have you noticed that your priorities have changed over the past few years? Has something become more important or less important um, over the past few years? How have they changed recently? Um, yeah, I mean, with, yeah, I think with me, um, I, I think I'm hoping with everybody, to be honest, when they get married and they have children, your natural focus is to become um, become the well, they become the focus and that's I think what's happened with me I sort of tried to carry on you know doing activities um, Islamic activities with friends and with the community but um, once you start getting busy with you you know with the family it's that gets a bit more difficult and you just sort of change priorities but you realize hold on I should be spending more time with them um, learning together and making sure my kids are being brought up right if I'm never around that's not going to happen if I'm out um, and being involved with the community um, I mean some people maybe they can balance that really well um, but I have seen other people who can't and then unfortunately it gets a bit too late and then their kids are completely different to what their parents would have expected them to turn out to be like mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's something that a lot of people do see happening uh, when they get to that point of, you know, married life, family life. Um, that focus does have a natural switch almost towards that. And you've only got so many hours in the day to, you know, divide between everything. Um, and depending on what else is going on at home, you've got your family life, work life. And then, you know, if you take out sleep, how many hours have you actually got left? Um, but family life, I think, shouldn't be underrated either, um, because that is effectively part of the Islamic community, the next generation, as it were. So if we as parents don't focus on our children to make sure they have the right upbringing, the right knowledge, the right guidance, um, I mean, a couple of points that we touched upon in the first half was that up until university, we saw Islam as a cultural thing, a foreign thing. So we don't want our children to have that same understanding and that will strengthen the Islamic community in and of itself. So that focus does need to be there. It can't be neglected. 
Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I would share that sentiment as well. Um, all three of us are fathers, alhamdulillah. And yeah, absolutely. A, a, a lot of the priority shifts, I think, in your 20s, you can be involved with a lot of Islamic community work with dawah efforts. Um, and I think that shifts when you start having a family and you realize actually um, the responsibility and the rights that my children have over me is immense. Mm, and we need to make sure that we raise our children in the right way um, and doing what little we can. And I suppose that's the purpose of this radio show, isn't it, for all three of us? I think we just wanted to still be involved with some work with the community, with some Islamic development within the community, but being able to do it where I think we can offer the biggest advantage. So I think that was one of the reasons for us to go ahead with this initiative, you know, which has been brilliant so far. So it's interesting to, to you know, understand that a little bit more. Are you guys involved with any other community work, whether that's Islamic community work or any voluntary work with any organizations or um, are, are you getting your kids involved with any local initiatives? Shafiq, Rahil? Uh, well, my little one's still not hit three yet, so it's a bit hard to get her involved in much. <laughs> um, but that's effectively the, the aim, isn't it? So that by having that right upbringing, that education, as it were, that Islamic perspective on the education from a parenting, parental side of things, to encourage that child to then make that decision and encouragement to be involved. Yeah. And I think, Rahil, we were talking about lockdown last week, isn't it, and some of the mm. things. And I think if you ask, I, I would hope the answer, if you ask most people, did, what did you teach your children or did you uh, teach them something slightly out of the ordinary, out of the box, some yeah, life skills? I would hope most people would say, yes, you know, we, we were much more involved with teaching them some life skills um, or, yeah, at the very least, some Islamic um, I don't say Islamic skills, but some of the deen, um, giving them some of that education. Shafiq, anything you want to add? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say I agree sort of with Raheel, you know, the aim is always to make sure our kids are prepared to be involved within the community and get involved with activities. Um, me personally in the last five years i mean i'm no longer involved in anything i have sort of tried here and there to be involved with things but it just gets difficult um with time and you know as you try to focus on your kids you realize you know what that's where your priority should be just making sure they have a good understanding of islam and you know especially at a young age because that's something me and you know raheel definitely didn't have when we were quite a bit younger um so inshallah our kids don't have to go through the same thing we did you know they're a lot more confident as they're growing up and you know that that identity of being muslim isn't something they shy away from um you want them to be just be proud and say yeah i'm muslim and you know that when they get asked questions at a young age they're able to just answer them you know confidently and, and not in a way which is arrogant either because you want them to be able to have a discussion with people explain to them their belief but not also alienate their friends um if you know what I mean. Yeah, like confidence rather than ego really, isn't it? I think yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. 
I think I would describe it as unapologetically Muslim, is that we are, we're comfortable in our skin. I think that can be a real challenge. I think that can be a challenge for anybody um, following any religion. I think that can be a challenge is it's, it is considered something backwards nowadays, isn't it? It is treated as a bit of a joke. So I think raising children who are confident in their own skin and not ashamed is incredibly important. Um, Shafiq? Yeah, sorry. I, I just remember something as well. One of the amazing things about having children is being questioned all the time about being Muslim. You know, they, they question why your dad does the things he does or why your mum does the things he does, why you're not allowed to eat this or why you're not allowed to do that. And it puts you on the spot, but then you're like, you're questioning yourself. You're like, oh, wait, I should know the answer for this. And, you know, why do I do the things I do? And then you make sure that you educate the children so they're prepared for that as well. What's been the what's been the toughest question you've been asked? Because I've been asked some oh I've I've been asked some real tough questions. I've just not been sure how to answer. Oh, on the spot now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Questions from your kids or from other people? <laughs> well, what what I found that the kids ask the toughest questions. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I agree. They ask the toughest ones. Um, thinking of something. Uh, off the top of my head might be quite difficult. I might have to come back to you on that one. If you've got any examples, Hamza, feel free to share. Uh, Rahil, any examples? I, I've, I've got a few, actually. I've got a few. My, mine's Wait. not quite there yet. Is it? Okay. <laughs> Just to give some uh, questioning. Well, I, I, I think... I think one tough one that I've been asked recently is... Um, is just around what does Allah look like? and where is Allah and then to answer those questions to a full five-year-old mm. and having to explain it in their language in a way that they can understand it is really 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 tough and wh whether we've been right or wrong we've had to just say at the moment uh, and, and 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 it's n not correct but the only way we've been able to explain it is by saying that Allah is in the sky um yeah which which isn't correct, but it's the only way that we've been able to explain it to a four-year-old. So it's interesting. They've asked so many questions about Allah, and they'll speak about Allah as if he's almost one of their friends. And they'll usually say to me that you're not the boss of this house. Allah is the boss of this house. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm, I'm, and what can you say? You can't. You ain't got no comeback to that. I know. So what can you say to that? Hey, what can you say to that when your when your kids are saying to you that Allah's the boss of everything, not you? Um, so it's interesting. It's interesting. Yeah. So I, I I think just to sort of tie this into the previous conversation, we're talking about um, some of the things changes that we've noticed over the past few years, and this is great. I mean, this is brilliant. This conversation because we're start the focus is starting to be placed on our kids and making sure that we're raising good pious righteous confident young individuals that do good things and are involved um with the community Rahil, go for it yeah just to follow on to that and you know i think when we go from one generation to the next there's always that idea of wanting the next generation to have a better life um, but usually that focus tends to be in the worldly aspect, you know, better job, better prospects, etc. 
and not so much of a focus on you know the religious side of things that islamic are bringing so it's good to see that that's starting to shift a bit more i mean it doesn't mean that we should neglect the you know having good prospects in the dunya by any means but it's just about making sure the balance is right actually i think that's quite an interesting point i i don't think we're too mutually exclusive no and again when again we're moving away from black and white as we're becoming parents and becoming a little bit older and actually they can be good at both and they should have a good upbringing in both those respects mm. um, and actually i would argue as well is that and even for us as well i think just tying it back to the previous conversation um about not seeing things in black and white and just our development of the islamic mindset but actually our dawah and the way that we carry ourselves and our akhlaq and our mannerisms with people should be a reflection and should be a way of us uh, being an example for islam and for muslims is that we should be good ambassadors and, and i know a lot of people say that and it's very cliche but it, it's absolutely true is that we should be good examples and we should be competent and capable in both deen and dunya you know we shouldn't be ashamed of being muslim and i mm. would hope that our kids can yeah it, it, it's a very tough thing as i'm sure you guys know and most listeners know as well um my oldest is eight years old and you know we're dreading his teenage years although i think he's already there <laughs> yeah with you know with his attitude so it's tough but i think that's a real challenge i think if we can get that instill that into our children that actually make a contribution mm. towards both deen and dunya and actually the two work hand in hand is that you should be a good representative and an ambassador um, with whatever career whatever it is that you do but you make a contribution to um, the dunya as well in a positive way i think both of those are incredibly important i think one thing from my upbringing and potentially yeah possibly a lot of people was it was they were mutually exclusive you could only be good good at one either you became a molvi a religious person or you became completely secular and you became um completely fixated on your career so i think things have moved away from that i think that ties nicely in with the, the dua in islam that you know when we ask we ask for the best of this life and the next life so like you said they're not mutually exclusive you can have both side by side and it's just about getting that balance in absolutely absolutely and then just something else as well um that i thought i'd touch on as well is I mean, there's a few observations that I did want to explore, but I, th I think um, one thing that I wanted to discuss in a bit more detail was social media. And I, and I know we've had a brief conversation about how Dawa and Islamic work has, has changed or adapted with the times. But do you guys ha have any thoughts about that? Because, I mean, we're, we're, we're presenting this on a radio station and actually we're doing this pre-recorded and actually we're doing it through a zoom call with webcams and we can see each other um because of the covid locked uh, because of covid and distancing um but how has technology and how do you think 
the DAO efforts and the community work has evolved over the past few years. Any thoughts on that, Shafiq? Um, yeah, I mean, I would say a lot of it sort of gone all online. I think people physically being involved in anything, unless it's sort of something charitable, um, I feel like most things have sort of gone online. Um, where people are attending courses online, um, they're doing their own personal studies that way, uh, they don't feel the need to be in a classroom environment anymore. Um, I think people are just making use of their time better where you would spend half an hour, uh, you know, traveling somewhere or going out the city to a conference. It's just like they just think it's a waste of time now where, oh, I can just, if it, especially if it's a famous speaker uh, that they're going to go see, they're like, oh, I can just YouTube that or I can just, you know, pay half the price and just do the course online and get the same information. <laughs> you know, that's, that's the way I see it going. And, uh, you know, I, I naturally, even I feel that way. I feel where before I would, think it's a big deal to go out and go to a big conference or a talk or something like that and I'd see it even going to the masjid to listen to a talk you know going there as a family I thought that might be a good idea but you just think oh I just listen to that same topic online when it's more convenient everything's on demand you know even tv we're back mm. in the day as a family you'd sit together to watch a tv show because that's when it was on it was at nine o'clock at night everyone sit down you watch it together but now it's all sort of oh when it's convenient for you I think, um, the, obviously, Shaf made a lot of good points there, but one thing I did want to add is, while he, that's in relation to lectures and talks and things like that, there can be a lot of discussion and debates on social media platforms, um, which, personally, I, I did kind of used to get involved in a little bit, but I have backed <laughs> off years ago. <laughs> <laughs> because people just do mess around on those kind of things and it's you're just effectively wasting your time um and i quickly learned that lesson <laughs> <laughs> right I'm, I'm 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 gonna have to put you on the spot raheel um, <laughs> give us an example of the oh, just gosh. most um frustrating uh conversation or debate that you've had and this is really putting you on the spot it is putting me on the spot because it's going back many years and I actually can't remember any of them, unfortunately. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but okay, no the worries, point no was, worries. obviously, you know, there's a lot of what's known as trolls, isn't there, online. So having that conversation through a keyboard, um, you don't know whether that person is genuinely asking or if they're just, you know, yanking your chain, as it were. Whereas if you have at least have visibility of that person, whether it's on a Zoom call or face-to-face -face or however it is, then you can see, you know, the the body language as well, mm. and see how people are responding, and you know where you stand. Yeah, yeah, it it's just shocking. Some of the, I mean, I I I'm not on any social media anymore. I use it for business reasons and mm. purely for business. I, I I don't use it for any personal reason, and it's just really really frustrating and painful um, to just j just even to see other people having some mm. mindless debates on social media i'm sure there's some good that comes from it but i've i've, I've seen some off just some awful things on there Rahil? yeah um, i was listening to a, a serious lecture about you know um rights of companionship and purification of the heart and things like that and they were talking about this kind of stuff to a degree where if you don't see that person then you don't know what's going on um mm. behind the scene 
Um, and also, when you're having that conversation on a public platform, so there's an audience effectively, it's hard for that person to, you know, if they halfway through that discussion or debate or whatever you want to class it as, realize that actually I'm wrong, but I don't want to tell people that I'm wrong. It's hard for them to almost back down in front of that audience. So I always felt that there was that risk, you know, because obviously, like you said, there's there's a lot of conversations where two people are going back and forth, back and forth, and it's never ending. Um, but is are they only going back and forth because they're on a public platform and they don't want to be seen as I was wrong and he was right kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, oh, sorry, I, I know we were sort of talking about social media and sort of DAO as well. Um, I, I forgot to mention as well earlier, um, even though social media is a big thing, that when people when it comes to doing DAWA, um, it can also, with me, I've noticed that that change isn't just a focus on my family, but you sort of, instead of going out of your way it's while you're with your colleagues, your work colleagues, for example, you can have just general conversations and talk about your identity in those conversations and explain to them what being a Muslim is. And I found I've actually had quite a lot of good responses like that way. I'm not going out my way to talk about it, but rather it just naturally comes into a conversation. And I feel like, oh, I've given them some Dao without actually intending to and i've always thought that was a good way of doing it i think a lot of people have sort of gone down that route especially if you have a lot of non-muslim obviously colleagues i think that's a great point i think running my own business and being involved with islamic networks when working at a corporate um it, it's I've, I, I've noticed over more recent years I, I i i'm not that bothered what people think and i feel i find that I'm much more comfortable in my own skin and I'll openly talk about my deen, my religion and not really have an issue with it. And I think in your 20s, there can be a tendency to shy away from it in order to make a good impression. I think now it's just, you know, I I, I try to embed, um, I won't say dawah, but I, I, I try to leave a good impression of my deen. And I'm 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 comfortable enough talking about it with people, um, which is great. And actually, something um, yeah. So it it's it's important, I think, especially for the next generation as well, to ensure that they're comfortable in their own skin. Right. Actually, we are almost out of time. I think we've got about two minutes left, so we better start wrapping it up. Yeah, what a shame. Can you believe that? Time's absolutely flown by. That's a real shame because I'm not going to be hosting the next one um, up until three weeks' time. Um, So we shall be back again next Sunday between four and five, inshallah. Um, Just a very quick summary of everything that we've talked about. So we started off talking about um, how our Islamic mindset has developed over the past um, sort of 15 years and how that's, um, I I wouldn't say evolved, but how that's matured. And then we talked about our experiences through school, college, university, um, up to now we've talked about a few things. Um, We've picked up on how our practicing of our deen has become um, much more spiritually inclined rather than doing getting heavily involved with events, which is something we would have done. Not saying that there's anything wrong with that, 
um, we found that actually our priorities have slightly shifted where we're focusing a lot on, on raising good, pious, righteous offspring, uh, making sure we've got good, solid family units that are good representatives and, and ambassadors for our religion, um, for our beautiful religion. So making sure that we have all of that in check. And then technologically, things have changed so much and making sure that uh, we're contributing um, where possible to yeah, community work, to making a difference, to helping others as much as as, as much as we possibly can um, in the current circumstances. So that's a very quick summary. Remember, you can uh, drop us an email with your thoughts. If you like anything that we've said, if you not liked anything we've talked about today, please share your opinion with us.